We talked about the Day of Atonement, and we're going to actually answer that question. What is atonement? What does this mean? <laughs> it's a big what, question, What isn't is this it? word? Well, you know, the Day of Atonement implies that we need atonement. Ah, so what is atonement? <laughs> well, a separation occurred between God, who is holy, and man, who is obviously not holy, but was holy, but sin, and now needs a way to be reconciled to God. Somebody clever once said, atonement, atonement is at one Mint. So Ooh. it brings you, makes you one. Isn't that clever? That's good. I, I didn't invent that, of course. Uh, Adam and Eve's choice to sin made everyone guilty before God without hope until God made a way. Christ, the sinless lamb, took upon himself the sins of the whole world. That is, we might receive atonement for our sin and be reconciled to God. To accept his atonement for sin is to acknowledge one's sin and receive his sacrifice. So reconciliation is not only possible, but it's called, would you believe it, the good news. And we're also still in what they call the days of awe, which is also translatable as the awesome days. <laughs> they begin with Rosh Hashanah. I can remember and this. The <laughs> <laughs> You're making it easier. The awesome days. So for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So the word atonement is used a lot in the Old Testament for sacrifices that were made for the people to be holy before God and thus at one with God. The New Testament uses the word reconciliation for atonement, so you're probably more used to that word. Because it is the literal interpretation of the word. So atonement or reconciliation, either one. So who is a God like you who pardons iniquity and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Think about that. He delights in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. And he will subdue our iniquities. And I love that thought. He's going to subdue yeah. our iniquities. He's going to run them down. Yes, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Now, in Hebrew, mercy is the word uh, kased, which is really no exact counterpart in English. Toughest word in Hebrew there. It usually translates as mercy or kindness or even loving kindness, but it has a much deeper meaning, which is why there's really no good way to translate it. Cassette is not used randomly of just like kind deeds because it represents the attitude required when two people are in covenant. It contrasts man's frailty with God's steadfast reliability. Though Israel be faithless, yet God remains faithful still. Same concept. The loving kindness is wholly undeserved. God's passion for righteousness is so strong that he could not be more relentless in his demand for it. But God's persistent love for his pe people is even more insistent still. It says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. So as Christians, we're born again. Because of Jesus, every day is our day of atonement. We have a new destiny and a new eternity that are determined by a relationship with Jesus. As we repent of sins and put our faith in Jesus, he saves us by grace through faith. So every day for us is the day of atonement. And because we do still sin, we need an advocate. And First John again says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, let's step up to the modern day. What is the modern day of atonement for the Jews and for us? 
on the Sabbath in Israel, everything shuts down. Our first trip to Israel happened to be uh, involved during the Day of Atonement. Absolutely nothing will be open. No radio, no television, no cable. The streetlights don't work. Elevators. You could get yourself in the wrong place. How strong is the power of the law and the fear of judgment in Israel? 60% of Jews in Israel will fast for Yom Kippur. But only 50% say they believe in God or pray. Originally, the bloody sacrifices were the focus of all the feasts because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But with no temple, no priesthood, and no ability to offer sacrifices since the Romans destroyed the temple in 70 AD, the Jews focus on God's commands to fast, rest, and repent to remove potential judgment. Well, that's a big problem. Instead of focusing on the blood sacrifice, which they understood to mean by the Messiah, their eyes are on their own acts of righteousness to honor God and get them to heaven. And you know that doesn't work. Between Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur, or Kippur, are ten days known as the Yanim Norain, the days of awe, or the awesome days, which seal your fate for the upcoming year by determining whether your name continues to be written in the book of life. That's what they believe. As a result, Jews spend the days of awe in great reverence, aware of the holiness and judgment of God, causing repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, and a focus on moral conduct. And then right after a young kipper, for many, it's back to life as usual. But the days of awe are not just once a year. They're every single day of our life. But even then, blood is still required as a cover for sin because it's not just about doing the right thing you still need the blood and you can only get that in one place and he is on the throne and he is the veil and it was his blood that cleansed us and so we'll be continuing to look at the realities of that so uh coming up next how and why do christians celebrate the day of atonement